is that clock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast in the aftermath of the Spanish Grand Prix and the Premier League uh, title finale. My name is Graham, and joining me as always, it's Notorious Pitch Invader, it's Luke Holmes. I from all the uh, City fans, Graham, sorry. <laughs> You mean you should be able to hear me because it's like because they're all plastic and yeah, it's great. Yes, so I always done some reverse, <laughs> some ver- reverse psychology. Yeah, uh, how are we doing? Can I just point out how uh, some of them were crying, by the way, at the fact that they've won a Premier League like they've never won one before. I mean, to be Brilliant. fair, like it was, it was touch and go for a, a little period of time there, but it, it was. But it was they were still winning the title even if they even if they was losing because Liverpool yes. was still 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 hadn't scored, but. Yeah. I am doing very well. How about you? Yes, I'm doing very well, thanks. Uh, lots of I've taken a lot of sport this weekend. Lots of lots of uh, a lot of racing. There's football, a lot of football on today. Obviously, lot all ten teams playing. So, uh, good good day, I would say for uh, for sports and on the weekend. So we'll we'll hop into. I guess we'll hop into that. I guess. Do you have any thoughts on the Premier League finale? Uh, now that we're we're here, we like to. Usually, we end up. I, I've noticed recently we kind of shy talk with a random topic for uh, like the first few minutes to ease into things. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's how we do things now. Yeah. It was a crazy last last. The, the, it was sort of like a, a very average first seventy five minutes, and then it just went crazy in the last 15 minutes in every game apart from like the two, obviously United games are not going to be crazy because United are boring and shit but mm. every other game was pretty pretty insane to watch especially the City game yeah I, I, I was telling there's a lot of goal scores today in general but I was telling you I had the City game on and because basically it, timed, it was nicely timed after come on, everything started at 4 and yep. it was 4 o'clock right and I think Spanish yeah, Spanish probably would have been already just been over so I kind of turned on the City game. Villa went 2-0 up. I thought, wow, this, this is it then. But Liverpool are still drawing. I thought, right, well, let's mosey on over there since the Premier League title now is in Anfield's hands. Then you need to score. Of course, I go over to watch the Liverpool game. Uh, within a few minutes, City score two. Liverpool still can't get through. Wolves, I don't know how Wolves didn't actually score here. I don't know, Jimenez across the box for, I think it was, it was a Huang. Uh, Huang Yi Chan, our, our favourite player. Uh I don't know how they they fluffed that up. So Liverpool had a chance, and then the city, then the third city goal went. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Uh, Liverpool eventually found a breakthrough at the end, but came came too late. But yeah, pretty pretty wild day. Uh, as a Spurs fan, pretty pretty happy day as well. I would say Hummelson tied uh, the late Salah goal. Kind of was unfortunate. From I would have liked to have seen Salah, uh, Son have a have a, to- a sole uh, possession of a golden boot, but look, not too bad. Tied there, nice five nil win. Five nil win. I was worried, but. A pretty pretty active day uh, up and down the table. I'm, I was saying to you just beforehand, I, I was shocked that Burnley ended up being the team going down. I thought, I thought for sure after Thursday, and it was a Thursday's draw against Villa, I thought a point there, I thought, right, that's it. Like both, everyone can lose on the final day and I expected Leeds to lose. But uh, no, Newcastle won and Burnley, uh, sorry, Leeds ended up winning somehow as well. Yeah, I think I think everybody was in the same boat as me pretty much. I didn't want Leeds to go down. I didn't want Burnley to go down. I, I wanted Everton to go down. Oh, really? So, yeah. They deserved to go down. Burnley didn't deserve to go down. 
I'm sorry. I don't see Burnley coming straight back up either. They, they don't have the uh, facilities or the structure to come straight back up, I don't think. Did you not have I don't think we see... Go on, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I was going to say they don't have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Uh, I was going to say it, but I, I refrained. <laughs> you, it's for you, to you to make these shitty jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be honest, you could argue Burnley deserved it after what they did to Sean Dyche, so... Yeah, yeah, they they absolutely screwed themselves by doing that. But it, it kind of worked for like a brief period afterwards with Big Ben me taking charge. But mm-hmm. yeah, not to be sadly, but uh, yeah, fair, I mean, fair play to Jesse March and Leeds. I really, I, I, I completely wrote them off this last day. I, I thought they had no chance of beating yeah, Brentford, especially with the. With that team they bought out as well. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Two debutants up top. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess congrats to, to City, I suppose. And uh, more so to Leeds, because I didn't think that was going to happen. Because I think, look, I know the way the game went. It was obviously the comeback. But I think if you went into the day, everyone expected City to beat Villa. And ultimately, yeah. that's what happened. Even if it was very touch and go in the end, but... Yeah, lead. I, I had no hope for. So yeah, fair play. Mm. Anywho, we should move on to things, more things F one related. A uh, little bit of news, actually. A little, uh, well, a little bit of news to start the the week, uh, so to speak. But the where the Russian Grand Prix obviously was cancelled earlier around uh, testing, and F one were looking at alternatives to find uh, maybe a replacement because they are very insistent that this twenty three race season would happen. This has been you know the billing for this one for. A fair bit, you know, they've they've made it known, like, 23 races, We that's what we want, our longest ever season. Uh, but they confirmed this week that no replacement will be had for the Russian Grand Prix, and so, so the 2022 calendar will consist of a 22-race season, the same as last year. Uh, in the end, it seemed like, you know, there were some speculations about a second Singapore race, but you look at, you hear, you kind of look at, look at the uh, reporting and read uh, what's written, uh, it seemed like it seemed to come down to either a second Singapore race or Malaysia. And Malaysia didn't seem to be interested. Well, certainly without, they needed more funding, some more public funding, I think, for that to happen. And I don't know what broke down with the Singapore thing. But 22 race season, I think, look, I don't think F1 really loses out here too much from 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 this either way. Uh, it's just not going to Russia. Maybe it's probably your, your bigger win of, of the season, I think. But 22 races instead of 23, eh. Not a lot to say, is there, about it? No, not really. I'm surprised they didn't decide to use an extra layout at Le Castellet, for example. Lol. The the thing with it, adding it a Euro- yeah, I was going to say the thing about adding a European race is that the time of the year it's Ash. This is fly it's flyaway season, so like you're well, technically Europe, Russia was part of Europe, so I don't know. <laughs> technically, I know I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, but obviously, like, and this has been a. This is obviously you actually sent me a, a link to a piece about F one trying to group their races for the calendar for next season, literally because of like costs and freights. Uh, we've had we've had a few issues with freights this season that, that teams have talked about costs of freights, and I just think for that reason, a, Euro, a, a European race at that point of the season probably wouldn't have been as feasible. No, because like I mentioned last week, I don't get why we've gone to Miami. And then coming back to Europe two races to then go away to Canada again. It makes no sense. Yeah. To me. And we've still got the Baku Canada back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, look, twenty two races instead of twenty three, not again, not a real not a real uh, 
not a real, uh, I guess, not a real disappointment, I guess, but I'm going to ask, do you think we'll lose one more race, do you think, this season? Or do you think we'll have our 22? It, I, I doubt it, because I, I I want to say everything's going back to normal, but that's that's sort of the case in the UK. I, don't, I can't really speak for the scenarios in other countries, but it seems to be sort of going back to normality. So I don't see it anymore getting dropped off really unless it sort of rears its head again or something else happens so i don't know i think we'll lose one more i, th- I think we'll lose one more i'm not sure it's, what it'll be but i think we'll lose one. it's japan japan i don't know what it is about japan but japan seems to seems to stick in my mind but saying that they just announced that honda will be the uh, mm. partner for that race that's so. right so full steam ahead yes. possibly Mm, you would think so. I think they're eager to get F1 back. I think so. And, and the same with any, any other race that has, has, hasn't been on the calendar since 2019, like your Singapore and that kind of thing. Though, to be fair, you could see that one maybe dropping too. Yeah, but just look at all the buzz around Australia and when we went back there this year. There was oh, yeah. a lot of people there. So I assume the uh, Asian market is, is definitely something that F1 wants to make sure we tap into. I believe a large Australian Australian contingent to go to the Singapore race. Yeah, well, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? It's, it's probably your closest, closest option, really. Hmm. I guess the bigger news heading into the uh, the weekend was, look, we talked about last week. We talked about how every team, well, as it turned out, not half, but we'll talk about them in a bit. Every team be bringing upgrades for the Spanish Grand Prix, first major European race of the season. I know we've been to Imola, but. You know, first first major European races are generally the race, the Spanish Grand Prix, where the big upgrades go on. We saw that up and down the grid. We talked in particular last week though, about both Aston Martin and Ferrari. And the upgrades that Aston Martin brought certainly turned a few heads, especially around those at Red Bull. After it brought, uh, after Aston Martin brought side pods and other configurations of the car that looked very similar to the, uh, to the Red Bull. Uh, initially, obviously there's a lot to be said about this. Uh, I don't know where to begin here with quotes, but the FIA confirmed that Aston Martin complied with the rules after Horner raised copying concern. This is a story on uh, racefans.net with Keith Collentine and Claire Cottingham. Uh, so I'm going li- to throw out some quotes here. We're going to talk about it. This first, uh, this first set of quotes coming from Christian Horner to the BBC. Uh, he says, copying is the biggest form of flattery. It's quite a thing to instruct your team to come up with a very close-looking clone of our car. Uh, so that was an interesting quote off the bat. Uh, obviously then, the obvious connection people made was, obviously Red Bull lost a number of staff to Aston Martin, including the likes of Dan Fallows, uh, head of aerodynamics at the time. Uh, Horner said about that side of things. Of course, a few people have moved over the winter period. What you can't control is what they take in their heads. Uh, but obviously that would be of grave concern to us is if any IP, intellectual property, had in any way changed hands. So that's why we rely on the FAA to do their job, to do their research, to, to do their checks. They have all the access and we'll be relying on them heavily to ensure that no Red Bull IP has found its way into that car. So what Horner is saying here is like, what well, you can't unsee what you've seen. So if you can take it in your head and go over that's fine. But what Red Bull are concerned about here is actual information transfer. Yeah, yeah. Which, which makes sense. It makes sense. Obviously, we had a big kerfuffle about this back in 2007. 
uh, with Ferrari and McLaren, uh, with <laughs> extreme uh, consequences in the end for for McLaren being excluded from a, a, a championship they would have won the constructors' title. But lol, yes. Uh, and Aston Martin, this is what Aston Martin spokesman had to say about it. Uh, we have shared details of our update with the FIA technical people, having analysed the data and the processes used to create the update. The FIA have now confirmed in writing that our update was generated as a result of legitimate independent work in accordance with the technical regulations. Uh, they say that basically, from that they had this in mind from November, essentially. Do we believe that? I don't believe that because if you had seen it work very quick, because Red Bull brought this this particular side pod to Bahrain. Yeah, it was the last day on Bahrain that that side pod made its debut. And you would have thought, given how handy it looked, that you might switch to that, but. Weird tip. It's Aston Martin, come on. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cracker is called a kind of part of the development process when he was speaking to Sky Sports. So I don't know what to say about that. Uh, and then Red Bull are planning an internal investigation themselves over where that information was was indeed leaked. So again, again, Horner talking about that there shouldn't be any transfer of IP. Uh, didn't want it to get into... Uh, you know, individuals from that point of view of things where, you know, any blame might be had. And he says, we'll have an internal investigation. We've got our own software protections. We know exactly what software is looked at, where that software is controlled. But I think that's the job of the regulator, the FIA, because they have access and we rely very much on them to ensure that there's no transfer of IP. So anyways, this was dubbed, This was obviously looked at through the weekend. Uh, Red Bull, uh, how do they do this on short, so, short notice to get, Obviously, they, they decked out the, the pit wall with green cans of Red Bull. Uh, very, obviously, hilarious, first and foremost, because, yeah, the... Uh, God, I love the... I, I don't want to call it pettiness, but I, I just love those those little jabs, those little those little, little, little so things. Nods. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of tip, and you're just like, yeah, we know. Yeah. yeah come on. <laughs> so I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, obviously, look... From this particular outfit, this is not the first case of this. Obviously, back in 2020, we had the tracing point uh, kerfuffle, which caused a furore in the paddock at a time when a furore wasn't really needed, given that F1 was literally trying to get back up running again uh, after the, uh, the, the start of the pandemic. But you had teams like Ferrari and Williams, Renault at the time, uh, they're very angry about this. And the only reason I don't, I don't think this hasn't been made more of a fuss of is because Aston Martin are literally shite. If this car was any way close to Red Bull, I, I guarantee the headlines after this race would be a protest. If, if this car made it into Q3, there would have been a protest immediately afterwards, I guarantee it. But the fact that they got knocked out in Q1 just made it all the more funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Vettel was very shocked really? at that. Yes, and Lance Stroll didn't seem too bothered about it. <laughs> Lance Stroll doesn't seem too bothered about anything. Does he even care about F1? What was it you sent me yesterday about him and what he said? Oh, yes. I have a... So, uh, after qualifying, there's a piece on uh, the race.com from uh, Scott Mitchell uh, where Stroll indicated that uh, because the Aston Martin was miles off the pace... It shows it isn't a Red Bull copy. Oh yeah, <laughs> and didn't realise that's how it works. Yeah, I looked at the comments of this piece, and it's literally everyone saying that uh, 
the co- because yeah because it's not their own design of course it's bad yeah so uh is it well, what made come on this is one of the comments turns out uh it's a copy of a copy of a copy with some natural uh degradation and another one says actually it just shows that they have a car they do not understand because they copied it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah just yeah actually look if they'd actually actually think if they'd actually scored any points rivals would have protested but vettel finished 11th stroll now stroll i'm not sure where he could have finished he came together with a uh, ghastly which wasn't stroll's fault this time to be fair uh ghastly took full responsibility for that so but if that if they do score points in the future with this concept this is going to be brought up oh yeah it has to be so i don't, I don't get how you can copy it and then score points and it'd be legal it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me because I saw the race put out a brilliant picture of the of the Red Bull side pods and the Aston Martin 22R, 22B or whatever it's called now and it's literally the highlight of the areas that have all been copied and it's it's like for like and I mean when I say like for like you could put them side by side and take the paint away and you wouldn't be able to tell which one is which yeah they are identical which is a, which is obviously a problem and the fact that it comes from you know the Red Bull link is obviously very, very prevalent here with obviously the former employees. And of course, they wouldn't have, a certain amount that they wouldn't have had access to beforehand, given that they were leaving teams. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Red Bull aren't going to let them say, oh, here's our entire car for next year and here's our entire philosophy. Take it with you. Yes. Have a, thing, have, a, have a closer look, Dan. Yeah, take measurements if you want. Yeah. Why not? Right, make a few notes. I reckon teams will probably wait until they have maybe the results of the Astima or the Red Bull internal investigation before uh, going further in terms of maybe protests and that kind of thing. Because if they if they discover that IP was shared and taken, then obviously we have a much much bigger furore over this because uh, Horner called I believe a, a criminal offence essentially, which it is, which it, it is. is. I was. I also find it very funny that Martin Whitmarsh is also involved in this once again. <laughs> Somehow, Spygate and now Aston Martin, and we've got copying and potential IP transfer, and he's in there again. What a surprise! Uh, that would be uh, yeah. The, the, I don't think is that, does actually does Martin Whitmarsh actually go to tracks? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him either. Uh, to be fair, I think he's doing himself a favour by doing that. <laughs> yeah, maybe a good place to be back at uh, back at base. Yeah, in, in his living room, not even watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, yeah, but I would say we haven't heard the last of this by any means quite yet. No, definitely not. This is going to be a, a long summer for us than mine, I think. Yes, very possibly so. Uh, speaking of upgrades, though, obviously Aston Martin uh, brought quote theirs <laughs> but uh yes so did the majority of other teams and uh there's a twitter thread from motorsport.com which is at motorsport a uh, very they very interesting to get the at motorsport uh you know that's without a number or underscore or anything like that so uh, yeah fair play for them uh listed they listed the total upgrades that each team brought to their car so mclaren they say have 10 Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo brought up eight. Uh, Mercedes and Alpine brought four. Ferrari and Williams bought three apiece. Red Bull bought two. Alfa Tari brought one. And Haas brought zero. Now, quickly on Haas, 
they're saying they're not going to have any, they're not going to bring you any really upgrades until the French Grand Prix, which is seven races from now. So this is what oh, wow. this is what Gunter Steiner, and again, reading this story from uh, racefans.net, uh, Keith Collentine, Claire Cottingham, uh, with quotes from Gunter Steiner. And he says that the, uh, they'll have to wait. Uh, you, you will see when we bring the upgrades, it's everywhere. Uh, said Steiner. We'll have a nice package. I wouldn't say everywhere. That's exaggerated, but it's quite a big one. I can just imagine how he says that. You know, you can hear. You know, you can. Yeah. You see a quote. You can hear it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not just a turning vein or something like this. It's quite a few changes. Uh, and he goes into the philosophy, I guess, behind it. He says it's not only upgrades. It's obviously you understand the car better. You make improvements, especially this year. It's difficult to say with the bouncing because you are bouncing. You are really slow. Then if you source that out, you go really fast. But that doesn't mean it's an upgrade. It's maybe only your setup that you can get rid of the bouncing. So I wouldn't give it a, I wouldn't give it a time on that one. And he says, uh, he expects that they shouldn't have really any pain, so to speak, until they get the upgrade. He says, I don't, I think we shouldn't have pain. Otherwise, we should have brought the upgrade earlier. I said it before, it was a conscious decision to do this. So I think we can get enough out of what we've got. <clears throat> And I'm not sure about that one, Chief. Now, I thought so too. And then qualifying rolled around. And he's he was literally one-tenth, Magnussen was, behind behind Hamilton. The much the much uh, publicised, upgraded Mercedes. You mean by Sky Sports and nobody else, yes. Yeah, well, there was... Sadly, there was we'll a lot... We'll get into that. Yeah, sadly, there was a lot of kind of... Uh, I would say rimming up Absolute Mercedes. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, nice. I, li- I like how we both went to that same sort of region. <laughs> yeah, with a, with a different uh, different spin. Yes. Um, yeah, obviously the race didn't go to, too much to plan for Haas for a few different reasons, to be fair. So hard to get really a say where they are in terms of competitive field. But honestly, like I we, we saw this last year. We saw them actually really improve their pace, Haas, towards the end of the season, despite not having brought upgrades really since round two in Imola. Yeah, they delivered about nothing. That was it. You know, but they, we saw how they were taking it to teams like Alfa Romeo and Williams and the such towards the end of the season. And that was, and again, we talked about this and I remember this particularly like the likes of Qatar and Saudi Arabia. It literally was just, again, and this is where the the uh, the concept kind of got to me as well. The This, this understanding over upgrades kind of philosophy. And Which that, is what Ferrari is sort of employing at the moment. Yeah, Ferrari did it this year as well. We saw Alpine do a little bit towards the end of last year too. But Haas were definitely that other team. And they're going for it again. And we saw the kind of the gains they made towards the end, back end of last year, in a car that was uh, a lot worse Shite. than this one they have currently. So we'll wait and see. It's obviously a long time. But obviously we know that it's a 22 race season. We know there's a budget cap in place for this. Some teams are going to run out very early and uh, not be able to do too much with a car. Or if they have, it's going to be not very little. It's not going to be very much they can they can really do to improve it, even if they understand it. So, you know, this might be a little bit painful in the short term at some tracks, but over a 22 race season, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Again, we're going to have to wait and see this philosophy across the grid with this uh, with this upgrade philosophy. Yes, and I'm fully expecting to see the... Uh... The Ferrari side pods emerge on the house. I won't lie. <laughs> yes, and it, I, would, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And uh, do you reckon uh, Aston Martin will uh, complain? Oh yeah, yeah. They, they'll be the first ones on the buzzer. 
even though nothing will be exchanged, but whatever. I'm surprised we haven't seen a hostage-style uh, video from Lawrence Stroll about how he is shocked and appalled at this, at this attack of integrity. Yes, in a, in a really posh room, just surrounded in, in his best suit, just a gunpoint at his head, yeah, type you, thing. You know, you know the video I'm on about, right? Yeah, Sil- Silverstone exactly 20, twenty twenty. Yes. Uh, oh God! Yeah, if, if accusations are made, then well, actually, actually moved upon, then uh, we're definitely getting something like that. They have zero legs to stand on here. That's no, a no. Absolutely zero. Otmar got out when he at the right time. Yes, he, he jumped shipped at the perfect time. In fact, yeah, that was a yes. That was, I think, a very good decision. Uh, speaking of his current team, Alpine, something that a very interesting piece that came out on motorsport.com by Adam Cooper. Is this in, in relation to development and upgrades? Uh, Alpine chief technical officer Pat Fry says F1 teams can gain ten times more from investing in floor development. Than in front wings. Okay. Uh, we saw a few front wing upgrades this weekend, like Mercedes and like Alfa Romeo, but the floor with the ground effect, ten times more. Yeah, it's it's a massive area though, isn't it, compared to the front wing? So, yes, now it is. Yeah, it, it is literally the key component in that car. It really without, is. Without that, yeah. It makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, it's arguably it's not been talked about enough how important the floor is. Like I think everyone's gotten so, you know, with porpoising and that kind of thing. I think people have forgotten how important this floor development really is. The, the, the thing is, though, there wasn't much porpoising at all this weekend. I thought there was a little bit, but not mm. not to the extent we've seen in previous in previous races. And we'll have to wait and see if that just if that's just a if that's just right, upgrades yeah. dialing it out at this stage with now with Mercedes and you know although I did see a little bit it's, it, I did hear that kind of that you know that kind of plateauing sound as there uh, that, that's the, that's been a theme of McLaren and Mercedes though to be fair mm. but no matter what onboard camera you're on with them it's sort of the as it's bouncing across the floor it's weird don't hear with any other cars. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't realize it was at McLaren as well. I didn't. To be honest, I haven't. I didn't watch a lot of McLaren this weekend. Gonna be honest. Yeah, I only know it because of the testing. It was a very annoying thing I had to put up with watching that. Mm. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Ten times more than the uh, the front wing. Yes. Right. Should we move on to the actual Grand Prix itself? And yes, winners and losers of the Grand Prix weekend. Uh, we'll start with the winners, and uh, obviously you'd have to say uh, at the top of the list will be Max Verstappen. Although Aston Martin, lol. <laughs> although it wasn't always looking like uh, looking like the case. I should actually give run through the uh, the race order before we uh, before we get into that. Uh, Spanish Grand Prix was won by Max Verstappen, have his teammate Sergio Perez, out of George Russell to round out the podium, ahead uh, of Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Esteban Ocon, Nando Norris, Fernando Alonso, and Yuki Tsunoda rounding out the. Uh, the top ten. Uh, now you look at you look at the result and you see Verstappen won by thirteen seconds, and you think front row, you know, easy enough. But there was anything but for the first bit. Uh, 
a shame we never really got to see Verstappen versus Leclerc in this one. Never got to see really the full potential of that. Uh, and Verstappen, uh, a gust of wind, flew into turn four along with Verstappen's rear end to take him out of second place, uh, which put him behind the the Russell and Perez squabble. And he eventually got through that with a bit of help from Perez. Uh, then they actually really, it was being so behind Russell really kind of forced them onto the strategy they ended up going with, which is a three-stop, which is, in the end, it turned out to be the best way to go. But we'll talk about that kind of as we go on. And uh, again, came out, came up behind his teammate. Uh, now, there was a bit made about this, about Perez and, you know, having a chance to have for a win possibly. But Verstappen did have a lot of pace on his fresh, fresh mediums on his final stint, came through, took the race win, his third in a row, and with it, he takes the lead of the championship from Charles Leclerc, and he leads by six points. Yes. Now, I I don't get all this fuss about Max and Checo. I really, really don't understand it. It's, it's, it's bizarre mm. to me, because Max was always going to sail past, I think, on the softs, because for some reason, Pirelli decided to bring the hardest tyres available and it was stupidly hot I think it was like 40 degrees in Spain today absolutely sorry yesterday yesterday <laughs> it was very very warm and uh, the soft tyres seemed to work and last really really well saw it in F2 and in F1 seemed to absolutely be rapid and oh, it's the first time in a long time we've seen a freestyle race come to fruition very long time I don't remember the last genuine three-stop race. Not in the hybrid era, anyway. Definitely not. There's been, obviously, weather-affected ones, but not mm. not pure strategy, where it, it literally... They were talking about a one-stop at one point during that race for Checo, and then suddenly we're all on three-stops. <laughs> let me put forward this view. We'll talk about Verstappen in a sec, but go back to him in a sec. But like, I want to put forward the Perez thing, just to get it out of the way. The reason why you could argue he was hard done by in terms of this is because he's running his own race behind Russell and it was attacking Russell uh, in this in this first stint. Then Verstappen makes his mistake and he's already having DRS issues like he had in, in qualifying. And you have you're suddenly now asking Perez to move over a side for a driver who's already made a mistake and interfering with your race because of a mistake that Verstappen made. Okay, he gets out of the way. Then now it's not now it's not your team is prioritizing Verstappen versus Russell instead of what the what it should have been, which is should have been Perez versus Russell. And so then when Perez comes in, or sorry, when Perez stays out longer, okay, fine, you're going he's going to drop behind again. Uh, but and he was saying afterwards that he his second stint wasn't optimized. He I think he only was like I think he only got to do like 19 laps or so on those mediums before they had to box him again. And that wasn't optimized for him. So he's losing out in terms of you know, optimization of pace on strategy. And then he's in the lead of the race again when Verstappen has to pitch. And now, look, I think now this is the point where you can come in and say Verstappen was going to have the pace here. And he did. But I can understand why Checo was peeved at all of this because it, this entire situation was a situation created not on what anything Perez did and look to be fair look he said look why are you, you know he, he caught Verstappen and Russell on fresher tyres and we knew Verstappen's DRS wasn't working properly and he's like you, what, can you like why, why aren't you letting me go 
And he has a point. They should have let him go then, especially if they were spinning the strategies like this. Uh, and look, he was true to his word. Like, the first proper attempt of asking, he got by Russell, no problem. So the, third, the last stint, yes, you know, he had the pace. But I can understand why he was pissed off. It was because he's in a race of his own making here. And he's had his race interrupted, essentially, because Verstappen's made his own mistake. And it's bled into his entire race, essentially. I can understand from that point of things why he was pissed off about it. I can understand that. But at the same time, it comes to the, fir the first stint before, well, Max has made his mistake. Yeah, fair enough. The wind, I think, caught Max and Carlos out, which was very strange. I'd never seen Max. I can't remember the last time I saw Max make a mistake like that, mm. apart, from, apart from Saudi, of course, last year. Um, but Perez was stuck behind George for a long time before Max came up and then they moved Checo out of the way and then Max obviously got stuck as well because of the DRS and then obviously that settled the whole strategy mess but then at the same time we always knew the team orders was going to come into play because of the championship you can't have you can't say that Ferrari should be prioritising Leclerc when and then when it comes to Red Bull, you, Max isn't the priority when we all know that's going to be the case. When he's their number one driver and he's the reigning world champion. It's, I know what you're trying to say, but I, to me, it's just Red Bull always going to do this, no matter what. I just, I come from the point of view, they just didn't need to tell Checo to get out of the way. Yeah. I think Checo should have just more... No, not to fight it if Max got a run rather than just moving out of the way like he did type thing. But I'm guessing Red Bull didn't really want to repeat of multi-21 and inter-team shite that they don't need. Yeah, I think you're right. They, they, they probably didn't have to tell him about it. I think that maybe may have pissed him off a little bit more. Yeah, it, it, it seems to... Seem to sort of rally him up a bit and I did think he said his radio was broken at one point I could have misheard that but I don't think again, I'm not here saying that he should have won the race he, you know I don't think he had the pace ultimately I think he deserved it. to win it you could argue he, just, if he, he deserved it yeah but I, I just I, I, I think it was just handled poorly rather than you know, the, the situation we got could have just done, been a been done a lot in a in a better way to suit everybody else a lot more like you said they could have moved max out of the way straight away pretty much when checo sailed back up to them and then rebel could have not said to checo like i just said about moving out of the way and what have you so it's all swings and roundabouts with that one and i don't, I don't i'm not a fan of team orders six races in yeah five races in sorry whatever it is yeah i, I hear what you're saying uh yeah, more is made of it than maybe what it needed to be on on the on the day on the track. But ultimately, look, they got themselves a one-two. Uh, Verstappen takes his third win in, in a row. He goes back to the top of the standings. Red Bull lead the constructors now by actually quite a comfortable. Uh, they're on one hundred ninety-five points to Ferrari's one hundred sixty-nine. Now, look, I won two. I won two like we saw in Bahrain, for example, and you know that obviously the advantage disappears. But you look at Red Bull and you look at despite the fact they obviously lost both of their cars in in Bahrain, they lost Verstappen obviously in Australia as well uh, and lost out points with Checo Saudi as well. To be that far ahead, this has to be 
by far their best chance to win a constructor since 2013. Yeah, if we're raised ten and we're in a and they've got a hundred point lead, I don't see them losing it from there on. If they keep up this momentum of Max winning every race that he started and uh, finished, sorry. Yeah, that streak still still goes on. Uh, yeah, but like, look to be fair, like Verstappen, we saw some really good pace out of him once he. Uh, Obviously, once he got through and clear, and that that switch to softs, it seemed a little confused. Like, oh, maybe not confusing, but a little surprising maybe to see him jump onto the uh, the softs there mid stint to uh, get the jump on on Russell. But ultimately, their strategy played out very nicely. They did that very well, did Red Bull. And I don't have too much else to say about Max. Like, you know, like again, he made a mistake. He made up for it. Obviously, and he admitted himself afterwards. They were obviously they're obviously very fortunate with the Leclerc retirement because let's because let's put this out there Leclerc probably had this race in his bag before uh, before his failure on lap 27 I think it was yeah he was 10 seconds on the road pretty much before he retired and yeah then, it's comfortable yeah he could he was in a position just to cover everything off it's still hard to say where the pace lies between the two teams after this weekend after the upgrades and I don't think we'll really find out maybe until, I guess maybe Silverstone to an extent. It's, it's like I say, it's, it's track dependent now. There isn't going to be one. We're not going to find out. I don't think it's just literally going to, one weekend one's going to be better than the other. The next weekend the other one's going to be better. And then, oh, we'll have a third team in there. Oh yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah, because like, like Monaco's up next. Don't know what to expect there. We've got Baku coming up. You've no idea what to expect there. Maybe you could say a bit more about Canada, but yeah, I don't think we need to get to like Austria and Silverstone on these kind of races. France, the proper tracks. I'm not talking these Monaco shit. The the proper proper like like Silverstone. So it, to me, that's a proper track. The yeah. one that has every a little bit of everything. Austria is is, is four or five straights <laughs> and a couple right-handers. Really, it's not really much to it. But yeah. Until we get to there, I I am very interested to see who runs out of money first. Yeah, I'm very interested. Like this all looks good someone, now, but you know this yeah, will catch up later in the season. Someone's gone all out early on to try and gamble that way, and it doesn't work. Oof. It's going to be a fun fun end to the season. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is obviously the philosophy behind Ferrari. You know, waiting until now to bring something forward. Uh, would you give Ferrari a win of the weekend just in terms of their pace or where do no. you feel about Ferrari after? I would give the team a win. Yeah, that's okay. As in, yeah, for the for the car itself, as in the upgrade seemed to work. Leclerc was saying in his interview after he retired that they seemed to be a bit more on top of tyre wear, which has sort of like been their, what's the word? Achilles heel? Uh Yes, that's the one. In the last few races, like in Miami, the, the tyres just died. Hmm. It just didn't have the pace in Imola in the sprint. Just dropped off at the end because he pushed too much. Just seemed to hit that sweet spot and he was pulling away from Max at that start of that race. So the car seems to be going in the right direction. Like you said, they're, they're sort of understanding it. And I think they're going to take some more time now to understand these upgrades and how they've worked before they go slapping some more on, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, you've nothing else to add on Red Bull before we move on to we have, we'll have to, our next winner of the weekend. No, that's that's all of them. Uh, you have to give Mercedes a win of the weekend for their 
they looked a lot closer to the the pace, uh, especially in race trim. Uh, they looked pretty yes, good. Yes, definitely. Uh, qualifying, they're still about six, five, six, seven tenths off. But in the race, they looked mm-hmm. a bit better. Uh, we've got to like both drivers. Obviously, Hamilton uh, recovered from a lap one, a lap one incident with Magnussen, which I don't think any. Like, actually, I think Magnussen was more fault for, to be honest. Uh, a little bit exuberant on the outside there. That was just understeering. It was just one of them. Yeah, I slight, think. slight touch and bang. That's it. Nothing. Not. Not. I wouldn't pull it more at anyone's door. Really, it was just one was there a little bit too close, and the other one just yeah. So it forced, uh, forced Hamilton to make a stop. I think, to be fair, if this was just a regular... And I said this to you. If this was a regular one-stop race, this would have really hurt Hamilton. And he doesn't get a, he doesn't get back up to the, the lofty heights he reached in the end. He finished P5, I believe, in the end. I don't know. I, I, th- I think that car's just a bit in front of everybody else now. The, the upgrades they've bought seem to... The pace advantage was on the levels of Ferrari. It just seemed to be able to breeze past everybody. So I don't know, but saying that the tire deck was—that's the thing. Like that's and that's why I don't want to get too far ahead of putting Mercedes back in the spot is because there was so much tire stuff. There was no Leclerc. Verstappen had his own issues. They were managing at the front in Red Bull. Uh, you know, I I I don't want to take too much away from. It. I definitely think they're they're definitely closer in the races than qualifying suggested for sure. And Hamilton had really good yeah. pace. Total Wolf thought they they could win the race with Hamilton today. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Um, but obviously, it's much improved, and it'd be interesting now. I honestly like now that we know that both of these drivers, Russell, I think we I think we learned a lot more about Russell today because you no know, one of the things that we said before the start of the season was we don't we don't really know too much about him because we haven't seen him in a lot of you know either with a lot of quick cars or a car he can fight in. This is the first time we've seen Max versus George on track. Mm-hmm. In a in equalish cars, and it was it was, I mean, crackers at one point, absolutely insane move from George to re overtake Max after Max had finally got past, and then somehow George is back in front. It was insane, insane defending, absolutely r- ridiculous yeah. to say the car was was it like he was like losing a second a lap to Leclerc. It was, it's not quite there, but I'm I'm getting. Like 2017, 2018 Red Bull vibes is far enough in front of, of all the midfield, yes. but not close enough to the front two type yeah. thing. Kind of, you know, in a, in a place to take a race here or there kind of thing. Yeah, that that was sort of the scenario they sort of got put into, wasn't it? When obviously Leclerc retired and then Max's DRS was failing and whatever, and Chego wasn't really there at that moment in time. And, it sort of seemed to be pointing that Russell might actually pick up his first win here because of how it was going with people still saying it was going to be a one-stop and yeah. what have you. And then, obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah, so I think we learned a lot about Russell uh, in this race. And, yeah, some good, it was good racing between him and Verstappen. They are both kind of talking about it in the cool-down room after the race as well. So, yeah, some mutual respect there, I think. Some, uh, some good racing and... Yeah, I think yeah, we learned a bit more about George Russell in uh, in combat, shall we say? Yeah, it was it was on the limit. It was close. It was, yeah. the per- it was the perfect limit, I thought. Yeah, and the stewards the, the stewards noted it and did the right thing and didn't take any action because Red Bull were talking about um, how he didn't, wasn't given enough room on the outside of turn ten four, I believe it was turn three. Yeah. yeah. 
that was yeah that was obviously your, the closest moment and I, even then I thought it was you know I thought it was fine yeah it was fine he got plenty of runoff yeah so yeah fair play to them uh, the thing was the thing with Hamilton obviously when there's five back through the field I kind of don't want to give him a lot of credit for it only for the sole reason he he literally wanted to quit on this race after lap five lap five lap fucking <clears throat> five of a race that could easily have safety cars or one safety car you're fully back into the fold of things just save the engine guys honestly it's, it's not worth it it is a fucking oh, yeah. joke an absolute farce there's the the self you know the not sorry not self there's the proclaimed lion the and even after the race total wolf in his quote says we're racers we we never give up but your your top oh, driver yes. literally wanted to throw in the can after five fucking laps of a race that could easily turn he got up to fourth place without a safety car I could I, I could understand where Lewis was coming from if the most of the floor was missing. I'd be like, right, fair enough. The the car's got no downforce. It's an absolute wreck to drive. Fair enough. Whatever. That's fine. I understand that. Like a Verstappen at Hungary type scenario. But it wasn't. It was it was perfectly fine. It was there was literally nothing wrong with that car. You know, they they checked the suspension at the pitch. It was fine. They just had to just had to change the tire essentially. Yeah, yeah, basically. It, it probably a little scuffed up or what have you, but doesn't really make that much difference. Obviously not the first time Hamilton's wanted to quit on a race. Uh, Germany 2019, similar situation. Or was it, sorry, 18, wasn't it? 18, I think. I can't remember which one. It was the anniversary, yeah. It was 19. We've been 19 then. It the, yeah, it was the last, last German Grand Prix. Yeah, where he obviously wanted to quit on, the, quit on that race as well and they'll get a few points out of it. So, honestly, like, I... It's so, like, again, you put him in a genuinely midfield car for a, a season or two, and he would, I think he would just quit. Like, honestly, like it's, it was honestly embarrassing to listen to that on lap five, wanting to retire from the race. Uh, you know, just, honestly, that I thought that was fucking embarrassing, honestly. I, I, could, like, I could give him some credit. Um, I could sort of push him. I could agree with him, should I say, if... He'd had a season where he finished last every race and he was running around with a car with two wheels on it. Wasn't it? He was the third best car on the weekend. Yeah. Sometimes in the race pace, he was quicker than Ferrari at some points because it was, he was absolutely flying at he one was. point. He was setting fastest laps and what have you. To me, even if the car was damaged, you take the data, surely, at this point in the season. Yeah. On the front wings, anything. You take anything to understand the tyres, whatever. It's too yeah. big of a season to miss out on. Especially on the weekend where you introduce a number of upgrades as well. Like, just get some... Yeah, that's... If, if that's nothing else. But, uh, anyway, he did take fourth, and then uh, late mm -hmm. on, uh, both cars were instructed to do heavy lift and coast. Apparently, this is... Uh, for, on Hamilton's side, it was a water leak, apparently. That temperature yeah, soared. And... Mm. There is still some concern. Total Wolf was talking to F1's uh, post-race show that there is still concern about Hamilton's engine, but they had to take a good result in front of them. So there yeah, may be yeah. some damage here, and they just got they both got new PUs this weekend. So if Hamilton has to take another one next in Monaco, that's that's his that's, the third. that's his third. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of the the, the trend. I think they're going to blow through these three PUs very quickly. Yeah, every every pretty much at the race going Alonso took his was it new parts this weekend uh, 
I think he took his. They took. They well. I think they used opportunity when he was knocked out in Q one to, yeah. to to add another engine to the pool. Otmar Sackner was saying afterwards. Yeah. So, but still, that's that's but, not good. Yeah. Well, obviously, we knew Lanza was in trouble after Saudi and the such. With that. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll have to do it at least twice more, I reckon. Yeah, more than likely. But uh, yeah, look. But other than the, the uh, that shenanigan from uh, from Hamilton, uh, good comeback through the field from him, and a good race from Russell, and a weekend Mercedes can be encouraged by. Again, we'll see what happens at tracks where it's a more straightforward one stop. At tracks where there's maybe less medium speed, uh, we'll have to see what the story is with that then. But yeah, on the basis of it, and look, to be fair, they were strong here in testing. Yeah. You know, they were strong. Yeah. I say strong. They were stronger than they looked in Bahrain and such going forward in testing. They looked they, they looked in okay shape in testing and yeah, that's, that's the unofficial Spain test. Yeah, they did. They looked okay. So, I I wouldn't get too far ahead of myself if I was a Mercedes fan or anything like that. But I also wouldn't be. I wouldn't discount them either if you're a fan of the other teams. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't get too far up or down on this one. But I do think they're. Definitely in the a little bit more in the mix of things. They're closer to the Ferrari and Red Bull than they were to say Alfa Romeo, for instance. Yeah, the, even just to take the porpoising out of the situation, which they seem to have done this weekend, I think that's a massive, massive step for them. So that that in my eyes just puts them in this category anyway for winners. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So good weekend for them to get on top of that. Yeah, they've got. And look, look, they're on, they're on, they're on 120 points. Like Russell's consistency, I, I am sick of hearing about this top five streak already. But you know, uh, I don't know if I hate this more or Mr. Saturday, which we haven't heard much of this season. But credit where credit's due. To be fair, look, they're on 120 points in large part to him. Uh, you've got Russell still ahead of Sainz here in the championship. Russell 74 points, Hamilton here on 46. And look, Mercedes, they're not a million miles away from Ferrari either. So, you know, not too late this season to think that they could, they can't charge on here to, you know, to keep aiming higher for Ferrari and Red Bull in the constructors if things break certain ways. Yeah. So, yeah, good weekend for them. Uh, who else do you have as a winner of the uh, of the weekend? Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not for Guan Yu Zhou because he ended up retiring with some form of engine issue. It was unknown and got knocked out in Q2. Right, it was the slowest in Q2, but Valtteri Bottas probably was on for driver of the weekend. To be honest, I think in my eyes, if he finished fourth, he would have got driver of the weekend because he had a very quiet but successful weekend. Because that car looked absolutely mint, and we've, I've been banging this drum since the start of the season how good it actually is. And oh my god, that if he'd have beat. A Ferrari, that would have been absolutely fantastic. But obviously, Alfa Romeo ended up choosing to do the. Did they do the two star? Yes, it, I they, believe it was. Yeah, and it didn't work. The tires absolutely died at the end, the, and ended up coming home in circles. The thing is, like, science literally pitted to try and get ahead of Bottas because they he couldn't get by Bottas, mm. and. Yeah, Alpha committed to the two-stop. We saw it with a lot of... Actually, we saw it with a few cars. Uh, the, the cars being Bottas and Mick Schumacher in particular were the ones that really lost out by doing the two-stop instead of the three. Uh, Bottas, I think, could have definitely finished fourth had he had they matched what Ferrari did. But I think they probably thought once Science came in, they didn't, they didn't respond to that. So they thought, right, we're going to have to stay out here otherwise we lose the position to Science. Ended up losing position to Hamilton as well. So you could argue... 
fourth or fifth definitely should have been on the case for Bottas today. Yeah, in the, mm. the, the yeah, sorry, yesterday. Excuse me. Now I'm doing it. Uh, so look, un- unfortunate strategy call, but like you say, the pace on that car is. I can't. I can't wait to see what this car is capable of at other tracks as well. I, I really that the Alfa Romeo car is in Bottas's hands. I I it's, I genuinely look forward to seeing what I, what I can do and who he can mix it up with on the weekend. I really I really look forward to that. It's it's been the best comeback story. I think it's. I think it's. I know Vettel had that podium last year in in Baku and that was nice but I'm I'm much more enjoying this Bottas redemption arc this season with Alfa Romeo if, if he gets a podium I think or even will. a war I, I don't oh, see a scenario how he doesn't a race win wow uh, he he seems to be the best of the rest at the minute he's driving fantastically there isn't anybody else that really springs to mind where I'm like right they're doing okay Lando's been up and down Obviously, Miami wasn't really his fault, but the car wasn't really great in Miami. Alfa Romeo has just been like a consistent, very decent car all the way through the season so far. So I don't see how he doesn't end up in a position where he at least picks up a third throughout the scenario like Knight Norris did in, in Emila. Has he been the fourth best driver this season, Valtteri Bottas? Only trailing Verstappen, Perez... Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. I'm he's fifth. fifth. He's fifth. You've got, you've got to put George in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Russell has to be in there. But yeah, after yeah. that, like he's had bear season and Sainz and Hamilton so far in terms of driving the car. Yeah, Hamilton and Sainz have been shot. So, so yeah, they, they've but yeah the upgrades they looked looked good on that car and I'd like to see Joe get a bit more involved. Uh, he was in a, he was in a difficult position before, obviously his retirement. So. Uh, Obviously, look a steep learning curve for him. I think he'll, I think he'll bounce back. But in Bottas's hand, yeah, this car is the Alfa Romeo is is very, very good. And they're still behind his weight. They're in fifth place in the constructors, still on thirty nine points. Um, there's no reason why they can't go take on McLaren on fifty points. Yeah, I, I think McLaren don't need to focus on Mercedes anymore. I think Mercedes are no, gone that's now. gone. Yeah. I think McLaren need to keep an eye out for Alfa Romeo because they they're coming. And if they really you know, a couple are. more races like that, then and McLaren only score points with one driver and Bottas finishes fifth or sixth again. Then, mm. Yeah, and you know who else is very nimble? It really is. And you know where and else we've got Monaco next? We do. I'm interested to see what the characters of that car look like there in a much slower speed. Uh, I tell you what, though, I tell you what else is coming for McLaren. Another winner of the weekend, Alpine, but not the not the mm. winner I expected after Saturday. I really didn't no, think not. they looked good in free practice one and two with Alonso in particular, and then qualifying mm. came and Alonso got knocked down in Q one with a miscommunication. Uh, Ocon, I believe, missed. Did, he, did Ocon even make? Did Ocon make it to Q three, or did he miss out as well? No, I don't think so. And but those Alpines roared up like through roared up through the race through the positions. Alonso at started at the back was through the field very quickly. Ocon was making good ground as well. And I tell you, like again, the, the qualifying didn't go according to plan. But in race trim, they looked really impressive. Did Alpine? Yeah, it didn't take long for Ocon to really clean up, th- clean up like the stragglers of the top ten and sort of try and follow Bottas through to. Sick. He was running in sixth most of the race there before mm. Hamilton and Science recovered. 
and obviously Leclerc dropped down. So Ocon sort of had a, a quietly underrated race, I thought. Yeah, as absolutely. much as I like to um, slag him off and rate it, unrate his three-year contract extension and what have you. But credit where credit is due, actually did a phenomenal job. And Alonso as well, even though he did have the the new PU, I was a bit frustrated with the team after qualifying because of the miscommunication, but more than made up for it. Yeah, in the race, absolutely. So really strong double points point finish for Alpine. Arcon seventh, Alonso ninth. Alonso is keeping this one this time. Uh, he he had some strong comments to make about the FIA beforehand. Had some clear up talks with um, Mohammed Ben Suleim. And then apologised afterwards, uh, just coming through before the end, before we actually started this as well. So, uh, roller coaster weekend for Alonso from that point of view, but look very strong for uh, both those cars. And again, I'm really interested to see if that car can kick on because I, I feel like they have something there. They've got, you know, the drivers are solid. Obviously, Alonso is fantastic. Even if his, I think he's only on four points this season, and like Ocon is on like twenty something. Where is Ocon? Ocon's on thirty. You're right. Yeah, Alonso yeah. is four, which, before. which, uh, which comes tells a very, very wrong story, but you know, yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh god, it's bizarre, isn't it? Like you'd look at that and thinking, holy shit, Alonso is washed, but no, not 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 the case. But yeah, Alpine, very very strong, uh, and I can't wait to see what they how they kick on as well. Yeah, there there is them Alfa Romeo and uh, I was going to say Aston Martin there my god <laughs> they're on my mind constantly going what have you done to me Alfa Romeo and Alpine are the teams to watch from the midfield yeah. they are the ones make, making the moves at the moment Haas are coming we're waiting <laughs> yeah but we'll have to wait till France to see Haas come back uh, in their competition I'll give a winner of the weekend here to Lando Norris just for fighting through uh, he was diagnosed with tonsillitis I believe after the race it was under the weather all weekend had difficulty seeing uh, unfortunately he knocked out of Q2 in the way he was but fought back in the race for P8 uh, solid drive for Norris under the circumstances some good points for McLaren there considering I am worried about them kind of going forward I, I want to see if what the story is with them if you know if Norris, if that car has actually got something underneath it and Norris was a little bit off form on the weekend or where they stand between this Alfa Romeo Alpine car scrap that's beginning to emerge now in the constructors and on track? Yeah. It seems between them three, I think, mm-hmm. for whoever gets best of the rest. So, yeah, power, uh, credit to Norris for pushing through that uh, PA for him. I think a, a solid reward for his... Uh, for uh, his effort on the weekend, on the weekend he wasn't feeling too uh, too well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else do you have as a winner at the weekend? I have two more, but one of them is a driver. Yeah, I've. I think. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement that Yuki Sonoda is a winner of the yes of the weekend. Very underrated winner of the weekend to say where his teammate is and where he finished. Mm-hmm. It was a big big time difference. I don't know what obviously Gasly was involved with. An incident with Stroll. I don't really know what happened with Gazi's race, to be honest, apart from that incident, because I didn't see him on the entire um, global feed at all. So, Yuki, we did see making some moves here and there and just going about his business and continuing a semi-decent run of form, I want to say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sonoda has already scored this season... uh... Hold on, oops, I'm looking at 2021. I wanted to see what the points was from 2021. Uh, Sonoda already has 11 points this season. Gasly just has six. 
Gasly's on the same level as Leclerc and Max. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting beaten by someone you absolutely slapped last season. Oh, yeah. Cool. The thing with Gasly this weekend was, like, he just was very unhappy with how the car felt, oversteer, uh, just wasn't happy with it at all. And he was comprehensively beaten by his younger, much more experienced teammate in Sonoda. And I also think that I, I look... We're gonna to have to I'll hold my hands up. I believed in AlphaTauri before the start of the season. I think they're a creative team. I still think they are a creative team, but they've got something wrong with that car, and I don't think that car is good. And Sonoda's outperformed that car, I believe, on Sunday to get a point honestly out of that race. Yeah, that that car is comfortably the eighth fastest. Yeah, it's, it's Williams, Aston Martin, AlphaTauri, Haas at the moment. Yeah. I think. I, I think in terms of race pace, race pace. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little different in qualifying, I think. Yeah, I think so I as well. to sort of jump up to the uh, McLaren, Alpine, Alfa Romeo fight with the the uh, qualifying pace. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's nailed on the A fastest team, and it's sure showing Gasly up a little bit. It seems There's to a be a little bit of a fraud. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been great for Gasly. This weekend was poor, and you know, Gasly had a, a good year last year, and Sonoda had a very bad year last year. And Sonoda has really stepped up his game so far this season. He has looked, he's looked good. He's looked consistent. He's looked solid. He hasn't looked as erratic so far this season. Yeah, to me, he's the most improved driver so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from obviously not including anyone else who's come through. Well, it's only Granny Joe really, but he seems to just be in a different mindset and can has a little bit of confidence in himself, and it's sort of puts me in the mindset of what the Red Bull do with Gasly now. Just because of the... If this form continues, I'm sure Red Bull are going to be wanting to promote one of their juniors at the end of the season. Gasly has nothing to offer them, really. Yeah, I think... So you know, why, why would you keep him? Yeah, he's going to have to step up his form. And AlphaTauri, Gasly is saying that there's no really short-term fix for... A, AlphaTauri's Alpha uh, aerodynamic deficit he say I think we know mainly the problem is aerodynamics we know that's the main thing it's mainly trying to find more load from the floor trying to be more efficient less drag more load on the car it's wind tunnel wind tunnel CFD we've got upgrades coming but just not planned for the short term mm. and he described he said the ATO3 is quite a good car but says it will likely continue to struggle from a lack of grip in lower speed cores until the team find a way to generate more downforce. And he says, the front at the moment is not as strong as I like, especially medium and low speed corners. I'm struggling to get the rotation. Then after that, it's pure sliding. In high speed, we're just four wheel sliding and can't carry as much speed as others do. So I don't think there is any secrets. We know that's one area we've got to improve. I think mechanically, the car seems to be quite good. You can always find better solutions, but at the moment, we know we just need more load on that car. Mm. So, medium speed track like Spain, you can and you can imagine how you, that might struggle uh, with Gasly style. Uh, sadly, it's not going to get any. If he's if he's saying he's struggling in low speed corners, we've got Baku and Monaco coming up. That is uh, not going to be good. Yeah, that's going to be a big, big, big struggle. So this things might look worse at Avatar before they get better. But optimism that there's a good car underneath if they can get on top of that. So maybe optimism from that point of view. Yeah. The potential's there. They just need to like like most of the teams, they just need to unlock that a little bit more and then they'll find the window to get it working like they imagined it in CFD. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's really my main winners of the weekend. Who's your final one there? Oh, I, I think I know what you mean, but yeah, carry on. It's the track. Yeah. We, we've, we've said, we've banged this drum for quite a while that we need to give all the tracks a chance in 2022 because obviously going on previous years, Spain has been one of the most mm-hmm. boring, boring, and I mean boring races of the season. It's not been great. Apart from last year, we were semi-okay with the battle between Max and Lewis and what have you. Yeah. But this year, you could actually overtake. You were quicker. So props, fair play. The new cars seem to have uh, worked. Yeah, we've gone to Australia and Spain and have had two solid races. I would, this was this was a good race. This was a pretty good race. And on the weekend, we had W Series, F3, F2, and two races in F3 and F2. The F1 race was comfortably the best race of the weekend. And you, go, you don't get to say that very often. No. Because obviously F3 is absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. F2 is very topsy turvy. W series is also batshit crazy. But I don't I don't think the order even changed in W series after that one. No. <laughs> it was it was terrible. Absolutely awful. Like I So yeah. I was saying to you earlier, like I, I wanted to try and I sent you a voice note to try and remind me of, to bring this point up later. That there was I don't think there was a single really moment apart from Verstappen's DRS issue. There wasn't really, you could maybe say Perez Russell to an extent before Verstappen's mistake, but anyone who was stuck behind someone, if they were genuinely quicker, they were never stuck for long. And that has no. not been the case at Spain a lot of time. Like we've seen cars get stuck, we've seen trains, but cars were able to move forward. We saw Alonso move forward. Hamilton moved forward. Now, he had a, obviously maybe a bit of a quicker car than the likes of your Sonotas and the such and Strolls, etc. But regardless, you know, he got by a Ferrari. He's able to move forward despite, you know, we, we, cars are able to overtake, cars are able to race. And I really think if they get rid of that bloody chicane at the end, we could have, because so, uh, the launch off of that corner sometimes can help you kind of stay in front for a bit uh, if you're the car in front. But I genuinely think that and there's, there seems to be plans in place maybe to you know the homologate the the circuit without the chicane, so we could go back to that possibly. Uh, maybe next year, who knows? We, can, we might be able to ditch that chicane. But we had good, we've had good flipping racing here in Spain in F1, and that's a huge win for the sport, for Spain, the track, the uh, and these cars. Mm, I agree. So. Yes. It's a step in the right direction. Just 100%. need to get rid of that shitty, shitty chicane. But as that new fantastic concrete podium alludes to, we might be getting rid of it. And obviously there's been talks about it, as he said. Yeah. So I'm all for it. And I think you got to see better the changes at turn 10. Uh, obviously, it takes away an overtaking opportunity for that deep braking zone. But cars are able to... We saw a little bit of variance in lines with the cars and be able to sweep through and be a little bit closer that it just helps prepare and heck we saw i know there is a big difference of tires but we got to see verstappen launch around the outside of a uh, turn 11 yeah on bottas yeah fantastic move by the way move, oh, move of the race yeah absolutely move of the race. even if it was on absolutely rapid soft tires it doesn't matter you don't overtake on the outside there no i'm sorry <laughs> it just doesn't happen there is too many marbles there normally mm-hmm. for that to happen 
So honestly, yeah, uh, fantastic. We got a really good race here uh, in, over the weekend. So yeah, I think everyone can be very happy with that because that's 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 this is one of the this is one of the big tests of the season to get around Spain and how will they cope around Spain? But mm. they came through, flying marks. Yeah. So well done to everyone involved in that. Right. Should we move on to the losers of the weekend? We'll try and fly through these a little bit quicker than the winners, but. Uh, we've, I know we've mentioned Charles Leclerc, but uh, do we have to spend a lot of time here? We kind of, it's self-explanatory, really. Dominance. Yeah, just unlucky. You know, first real failure for Ferrari. And it's weird that it came out of track where they had such a good running in testing. Uh, faultless, uh, almost, in testing. Yeah, I think it is mainly down to the temperatures. It seemed to be affecting a lot of the teams. Uh, I think that's probably a factor as, as to what happened there. So, I don't know. We'll see, but it's a massive shame because obviously Leclerc has lost the lead in the championship now for the first time this season. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've got the dreaded Monaco for Leclerc next. So, yeah, <laughs> we all know. If he has a bang-to-bang dump, a then that's that's a, that's a GG's, I think. The, uh, the rate it's going. The other factor of this, why Leclerc retired, you might not know about this because you don't follow, you know, follow as much as American sports as I do. But the Drake curse, the Drake curse. Drake bet 300k on the clerk to win the Spanish Grand Prix. Oh, for God's sake. And the engine failed. Drake curse is strong in the States. Very strong. Yeah. So there you go. Well, That's the real I, I, reason. I know, I know. When I eventually do get famous because of this podcast, yeah. uh, I know not to uh, let Drake touch my money. That's right. That's right. You learn these are valuable lessons. Uh, I have some Leclerc uh, trivia for you. Uh, well, he took his, he took his fourth pole position, I believe, of the weekend. Puts uh -huh. him thirteen all time. Where would you think that places him all time? Just as a rough thirteenth. No, no, no. His thirteenth pole. Oh, okay. So thirteen poles. How many did Bottas have? Bottas hasn't got more than Leclerc, has he? Quite a bit more. Has he? Okay. So saying that, I'm going to say it puts like Leclerc like 22nd all time. Uh, actually, if he got if he got one more pole, I would put him 22nd. He's tied 27th with a okay. a few drivers like Juan Montoya, Jacques Villeneuve, Mark Webber, Graham Hill, drivers like that. Actually, he's only got one more. He's got he's only got one less pole than Verstappen but this is what I want to go to if you took say how, how many more poles do you think Leclerc could take this year I want you to try and put ten. a number to this 10 more 10 more so 13 for the season or 14 for the yes. season mm -hmm. if you if you got 10 more to put him on 23 pole positions now where do you think that would move him on F1's all time pole position rank top 10 uh no, surprisingly. He's on the verge though, he's gotta be very close. Close. Very close. He'd move ahead of Alonso for thirteenth. Jesus Christ. But this is the thing, like again, this is kind of the I love this part of drivers' careers where and Verstappen's in a very similar boat, where the more wins and poles they rack up, they've run through these uh these kind of top twenty kind of rankings F one all time. Uh Bottas, by the way, has 20 pole positions. 
okay. 14th all time with Damon Hill. And Bottas is the, the driver with the most pole positions, but without a world without title. A, yeah. Yet. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. So I was, I was like looking at that, those stuff like that, like, you know, where you see him now and he, you know, he's tied 27th. It's not spectacular, but another five puts him, you know, in the top 20 past the likes of, you know, like Jackie Stewart and Felipe Massa and Verstappen's obviously in the mix here and Kimi Raikkonen and such. So, you know, like I just love these, these milestones, these little milestones drivers. Hitch. You're a stat man is basically what you're telling me. Love it. You are a stat F1 fan. I have don't fac- actually watch the races. Yeah, I just look at the stats. I have the facilities for that, stat man. Ugh, that was awful. Didn't work. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Leclerc... That was, that was poor for Yeah, me. sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, Leclerc, obviously very unlucky, but we've talked about the optimism that Ferrari as a team, their pace, we'll see if it translates. Oh, mm. I'm a poet. Uh, I'm backing them for a big comeback in Monaco. I think they've got everything they need to, to smash it at Monaco. I disagree. Really? Yeah, just because of the Leclerc curse. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I actually think Sainz could... Uh, a liability. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to Carlos Sainz as a loser of the weekend? Absolutely. I'm giving up on Sainz, honestly. Uh, is it, have, you, have you reached the point, though? Uh, I think we're there, Graham. It's, oh, it's just, yeah, I'm just I'm just prepared for him to spin or ball it or have a shit start. And he, he did both. <laughs> he did both. Yeah. Sorry on the, arguably the optimal side in third. Uh, obviously, he had a very, very poor start. Was jumped by Hamil- uh, Russell, Hamilton. No, he got through on Hamilton, but was lost was to Perez. Perez. And, mm. you know, obviously not a great start. And then, then obviously, he went first into turn four. Uh, the wind. when the wind came now it looked a lot worse for science than it did for Verstappen yes but obviously disastrous look they were the only two that you know everyone else got through apart from Verstappen of course like everyone else got through unscathed uh, so obviously science lost out massively there and it, the problem was the problem was not look obviously the incident itself was rough but the problem in retrospect was everything that happened after that Verstappen went off Leclerc retired Science could have easily been behind Leclerc before that uh, spin if he had a better start. And all yes. these little things, like Science could have won this race today, I think. I think he could have been up there to win this race. Now, whether he could have had could have resisted Verstappen, I don't know. But he definitely could have been leading his home race when Leclerc retired. Yes. And because now, I will, of that... I will give him some grace. I disagree with you on this point. Did you watch the onboard? I went back and watched the onboard of the first few laps. It, it, no, not of the first few laps, at the end. it was. Oh, at the Jesus end, no. Christ. Sorry, at the end, yeah, no. So, no, the, the, at the start, he was fine. It was more the, it was the end I was on about, where I think it was him trying to defend from Lewis, and he's going through the last corner, and he can't, he can't even keep it in a straight line. It's just oversteering, understeering. I don't know what it, if it was something on his setup of the car or the tire wear or something. The tires are just gone. It looked like a very very happy back end. So I was very on edge. I was that he was going to spin again before the end of the race. Okay, see, I thought you meant that he was it, nah, was, no. it was an accident waiting to happen before the spin. No, no. Uh, to be fair, I didn't really see that much of him no. <laughs> on the on the global feed. But 
definitely on the end when he was trying to get past Bottas and stuff, it was it was very twitchy. So I, d- I don't know what that might have been because of some of that happened when he went off or just like I said, the tyres being overheating and what have you because he was on sauce, I believe, at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know because the F1 tyre graphic is shit. <laughs> yeah. And the same was Max was on mediums when he was on softs and what have you. Yeah, so at the end of the race, obviously, look, he was fortunate actually to get back a position from Hamilton in the end with their issues there towards the end. But I honestly think Sainz could and should have been at least in first when when Leclerc fell. Again, I don't know whether he could have withstood Verstappen or Perez, but honestly, it was. I think I think I look at this as a missed opportunity for Sainz. I really do, uh, and definitely should have at least been on the podium. Uh, it would have been a very popular podium as well. Yeah, very much so. And obviously he gains ground on the clerk in the standings, but technically, but he's still 39 points behind. And he's still behind George Russell. He's still behind Perez. And now... Uh, and this he's, is, he's, he should be behind Perez. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. That's fair. He should be yeah. behind Perez. Yep, there's nothing wrong with that. Perez had a good season. Uh, you can argue the one he should be ahead of is, 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 a, is a Russell, given... You know, obviously Russell's yeah. been consistent Science obviously look I'm not I wouldn't give him a pass for Imola given that that wasn't really his fault but yeah uh, but the, the problem is now and I think Will Buxton and Jolly and Palmer mentioned this on the F1 broadcast that because now Verstappen is now firmly here in the fold and back in front they're going to they ha- they're going to have to prioritise Leclerc now yeah right Almost now the scenario doesn't work yeah that you is know? the only reason yeah He's going to have to, science is going to have to get the the Perez treatment here. Yeah, unless it's physically not possible to move him out of the way, it's going to have to happen. Mm. And obviously, Red Bull is, will be the same in terms of like if you cannot move Perez, where like it's like Verstappen third. Like I always remember the 2006 Turkish Grand Prix where Felipe Massa was leading the race. Obviously, you have to get Michael Schumacher through, but Fernando Alonso is in the way, so you can't. So you have to let Massa win his first mm. race. And so the same same situations with Ferrari and Red Bull here. It's like you can't unless you can't move them. But if you can, then I'm sorry. I'm, I know it's you know I know it's early in the season, but now we're at a point where we can't. Like science is nearly forty points behind, and he's over forty points behind Verstappen. Uh, sorry, you've had your chance. You know, I'm afraid mm. unluckies were in Imola, but you you bottled it in. Imola and even in Spain, you know, you didn't perform to the maximum there either. And the clerk was on top of you the first few races. Sorry, that's it. I unless the, unless a drastic turnaround of fortune where both Verstappen and the clerk DNF a race, and um, which Science wins. Uh, sorry, this is this is second driver territory for this season now. You have to prioritize the clerk here. Yeah. So I'm afraid that at least I'm calling great. I'm calling game on Science 2022 championship at least uh sorry that's that ship is i think has sailed yeah uh, i don't think he has any confidence in himself anymore i think he's just all gone i think so as well and this is the thing i think i said this at the start of the season the longer this that the longer that 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 search for that first win goes on the worse it will get it just doesn't seem to be the the constant theme across the entire weekend he was three times slower than the clock no matter what we didn't mention the fact that Leclerc bowled in qualifying pretty much until the last run, then pulled a lap out of the out of the bag somehow. <laughs> he did a science, did Leclerc. He he uh, he. Oh, sorry, no, he did the opposite. He it was uh, 
No, sorry, I, sorry, I, no, sorry, Aspen Consistence, rather. Signs a bit better than Leclerc in the first runs of Q3. And, yeah. then, and then Leclerc turns it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like if, the, if that situation was reversed, I don't see Signs pulling that lap out of the car. No. Like, like Leclerc did. And there's a there's a piece on motorsport.com by Mac Q, I think, is, is how you say it? K-E-W. Uh, talking yeah. about that Leclerc is just able to play with a snappier Ferrari a lot better than he can. And uh, to do this is after this is after the fact I think. Uh, oh sorry, no, this is beforehand. This is actually before the race, so before the spin. Uh, Science says I do find it a bit trickier, a bit tricky, snappier, a bit more pointy than last year's car. Obviously, that's one of the reasons why probably I'm still not quite there. I can see Charles is obviously happier with it and playing with it more than I am. Uh, that is giving him that lap time edge over me recently. But it's a fast car, which is an important thing. I just need to get used to it, used to this feeling of playing with the rear a lot more and doing my homework in a simulator and at the track every time I go out and try and push myself to get used to this balance, but I will get there. He's been saying that since race one. He's been saying that part of it, but t- talking more about the sna- like playing with a more oversteery car that Leclerc is more comfortable with. Mm. So kind of, he's kind of pinpointing at least where that deficit seems to be coming from. But regardless of where it's coming from, it's one thing to identify it and learn to get on top of it. And uh, yeah, he needs to do that as soon as he can, not just for him, but for Ferrari now in a, in a championship where, you know, Red Bull are gaining, are just steaming through at the, at the moment with the form, with both drivers. Yeah, well, it's... I don't, I don't see how Ferrari can win the constructors from this point onwards. It looks ominous. So it's, just, it's, it's Red Bull's championship to lose now, I think. Now, that's said for science. I, no? I really think that... I think he could really bounce back at Monaco. I think he could win at Monaco. He, he does seem to lie Monaco. That's where he got his, his first podium with Ferrari last year. So, hopefully, if Ferrari are actually the team in front of Monaco, he can sort of pick up the pieces if the Leclerc curse continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But probably not. <laughs> so <laughs> They'll probably bin it, trying to overdo it. I do... Stappen used to. Yeah. Well, until, yeah, until last year. Yeah. Yeah. I do have some science Leclerc Ferrari thoughts for Monaco, but I'll say that for when we preview the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we do need to chop on. <laughs> so yeah, rough one for science, obviously. Um, a bre- I'm going to give... I don't know if Mick Schumacher loses the weekend, but from yes. the point of view that he obviously got through to Q3 for the first time, which was great, qualified well, had a great start, was sixth, I believe, after the first lap. Mm-hmm. And just again, man, again. Now, he was the other driver, really, who lost out with the two-stop versus the three. Uh, no, There are no greater losers than Mick Schumacher, I believe, when it came to this. But just again, that points finish, man, it's just... It's, it's there and then oh it's not it's just the wrong strategy that's yeah. all it was I don't think it was down to him I think weekend. yeah I think and you are right so he's a loser from that perspective of things but that first points finish man just I wonder I'm wondering, he must be thinking what, am I, what do I have to do to get a point man what do I have to do between in Bahrain team messed up the strategy should have been a point there he should have had a point in Miami but things went against him there and again here he should have had a point and ah oh, just to get out, go away again. Yeah. 
So he finished P14. Uh, now Haas could, could be considered losers from the point of view they should have had a point with someone. Uh, Magnussen was in a good position as well and had his collision with Hamilton. Uh, did the two-stop onto... Uh, he actually used the hards in the race. Uh, just, yeah, a tyre that ended up being more useless than the soft, actually, in the end, which I was surprised by. But congratulations to Pirelli for that. Yes, fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, so Haas and uh, Mick Schumacher more so as well, losers of the weekend. Definitely. Uh, who else do you have as a loser of the weekend? Not really anyone else, to be honest. Uh, Apart from Aston Martin, who I don't really want to talk about. Yeah, we can't cover Aston Martin. We can't cover Pierre Gasly. I'm going to give Alex Albon loser of the weekend because we said it. Like we said, look, like they're going like, with you know the this red hair thing. Like it's the hair. The hair is the reason they got points. You can't just bust it out at the next race, man. Expect it to. I know it was cool and all, and people got red hair down the paddock and all that. It looked all cool, uh, whatever. But I wouldn't have busted there here, to be honest, because I didn't think this is a track that Williams was going to have a lot of success at. And that turned out to be no. the case. Albon, absolutely worst of the bunch. Finished P18 and last. The t- gauche Tifi finished ahead of him. Uh, convincingly, too. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what happened. So I'm not going to jump to conclusions until more stories come out about that. Yeah, but just... There is no way he finishes 45 seconds behind the TV. I'm sorry. You don't go from scoring points to finishing 45 seconds behind the slowest driver on the Hey, road. man, Latifi's won a race here before. I, 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 I could have won a, a race round there. <laughs> in that damn car with that grid. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've uh, raced against fucking Sean Galeo, for God's sake. <laughs> it's safe to say we don't Not have hard. a high opinion to the 2019 F2 grid in terms of top-end talent. When Nick DeVries is your champion at the age of 24 or whatever it was, it's, it speaks volumes. Uh, yeah, I know, no what you, I know what you mean. But just a wretched weekend for Albon and Williams in general. They're, they are yeah. they are quite comfy, the, the worst team here. Although... Latifi finished ahead of yeah, but yeah, Latifi finished ahead of Magnussen because of Magnussen reasons. Yeah, so yeah, we actually saw Latifi overtake someone on on the world feed. I was I was amazed. <laughs> <laughs> he managed to navigate around a car without bidding it. Uh, yeah, no, it didn't crash. No safety car or anything in this race. Yeah, which was surprising. I thought by I was the, fully expecting one on the first lap. By the way, I think this is this was the first race weekend for. Um, Eduardo Freitas, I believe. I think, was, I, I think Niels Wittek has been the race director at every other race this season. Mm-hmm. Any particular thoughts on any differences or anything like that? I didn't notice anything. Really? Uh, it seemed pretty, pretty consistent. The FAA indicated that maybe Massey could return in another that role. Really won't happen. Could. There's too many Twitter. There's too many people on Twitter saying they'll boycott the sport <laughs> ground. That, that won't happen. <laughs> oh, lemons, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. All, all one thousand of you are really going to make the difference. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Your change.org flipping petition. Please uh, make Lewis Hamilton an eight-time world champion. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, actually, don't have any other losers the weekend. To be fair, I thought Vettel I and do. Ricardo yeah. were meh. Yeah. Oh, okay. What have I you do. got? That shitty fucking drone. <laughs> My God. Okay. Right. You... Right. I have seen this executed. I, I watch Formula Drift, right? Mm-hmm. 
they execute it brilliantly. It is literally above the cars and you see a top-down perspective consistently. Now, I understand the F1 cars are rapid in comparison to a drone, but in a slow section where that drone was, it should have been A, near to the cars, and B, been able to keep up with them. It was awful. Okay, yeah. It didn't add anything okay. to the weekend. I, I, have, I have a few pickles with this because... Uh, they can't. The reason why they can't do too low is because they F1 drivers can be yeah, enough about uh, the helicopter and that kind of thing. Um, I understand that. The problem with the drone here was a sometimes it wasn't operated the best, but b the shot started too soon. It started far yeah. too soon. It shouldn't have started through turn eleven. It needs to, it needs to be used at the last chicane. Where it should, it, it should where have it could been. be yeah, good. Where they're, coming, where they're on just coming coming into that corner before you go down the little hill to the chicane it should have been there to the yeah. chicane to set them up and then should have flown back up that should yeah. have been it. it should have been going back and forth on a bit where it wouldn't affect the drivers it would have been perfect the problem was that because they used it so soon by the time they got to the chicane they had been like there for like 10 seconds and then they and then when the, when the shot is at its best they cut away so yeah and the cars are gone yeah so the problem is they start later a little bit lower if you can and use it for the chicane and the exit of the last corner. And then unwind onto the straight. Yeah, it's, it's a good idea. It was just really terrible yeah. execution. Yeah. Really bad. <laughs> bring, bring it back next year and do it differently. I think it can be a good addition. Yeah, and keep experimenting with it, like they did with the helmet cam. Not every race, but at certain races, just bring it back and play about with it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh Anything else? I know a, a, a quick, quick one for Garnier Joe's luck this season. Yeah, not been great. Double yeah. done for the last two races. Yeah, pretty yeah. rough. I feel for him, uh, and obviously his teammates, as we've talked about, kind of performing at a level that is like again just very, very high. I, I, I would quite happily say if he was on the three stop, then Joe would have got at least a point this weekend. He would have beaten Sonoda for sure. I reckon. Mm, yeah, possibly. Just on the pace of the car, I don't see how he doesn't. Mm. Yeah, definitely fair. Anything mm. else from this uh, this race? Race rating? Seven and a half. Yeah, I was going to go 7.8. Decent. Good for Spain, shall we say. Good for Spain. Promising. Yeah, yeah. definitely, absolutely. Uh, sorry, there was a story that came through on racefans.net uh, from talking about Perez about uh, reversing the first same. position swap so mm. so kind of adding kind of to why he's a little bit peeved but yeah if you're told one thing and it doesn't happen then obviously look I remember being very mad about Vettel not giving Leclerc the position in 2019 at Russia yeah I was also very mad but that was obviously very different power dynamic there very very different yeah so yeah actually we uh, now we will talk about F2 and F3, but we'll save it for after the Monaco Grand Prix when all the dust has settled because they're back in action there. Uh, actually, F2 are back in, uh, back in action there. F3 are not. But uh, Formula mm-hmm. Regional European presented by Alpine is in action at Monaco next weekend. So on YouTube, man, get hyped. Get into it. Seriously, get into it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, this is a back-to-back situation. The Monaco Grand Prix is taking place this weekend. Uh, so we're straight back in. My initial thinking is that Ferrari should this should be a good place for Ferrari. Yes, yeah, I, I seem to think that as well. 
It's, it's whoever qualifies first, Graham. Let's, let's be real. It's going to be Leclerc because he's the only person who can qualify and pull this season. <laughs> Fair so I'm, I'm going to say it's Leclerc. Look, Leclerc takes the win. And if he doesn't, then it's science. So I don't, I don't see how that's the how it doesn't be that. Here's my bold prediction. I'm backing science for to be the yeah, Ferrari man uh, on form. And the dilemma I think they're going to find themselves in is science is at front and the clerk is in second. But obviously you need that to be the reversed. I, I think they let it slide for this once. If that's the scenario this time next week, I think they let it slide for Carlos, for Carlos's confidence. I think they have to just this once. After that, then no. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. The they are in. You take the sting with Leclerc. Obviously, Leclerc would love to win his home Grand Prix, and I'm sure Carlos would know that. But I think they need to get Carlos on the get on his game. Yeah, I th- as soon as possible. You said everything that I've thought. Like honestly, I think exactly the same thing for Science's confidence to do something. I think they they might if it's that, if that situation was to develop, I think they might let him win. And look, very Singapore Vettel vibes. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Absolutely, and but obviously the the counter argument to that is would like the Leclerc Monaco thing, like maybe like that would be the one thing to go against it. Maybe it's a very rough decision they have to make. Maybe they lead it to the hands of fate. Maybe they lead it to the pit stops. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think Bonotto will make it too too hard. To be honest, it'll be there. There will be a plan involved before to that be. race even starts. Race weekend even starts. It'll be whoever's out in front. It doesn't matter. You are winning this race. Is, there is no messing about here. It is too tight to or, mess about. Or to be fair, maybe you don't have to have any conversation until after qualifying. Yeah. Because maybe it doesn't yeah, matter after like, qualifying. Because someone could bin it and what have you, or bad red flag under our position and what have you. Yeah. So, who knows? But I'm backing signs for a comeback weekend here. Even if it doesn't, if you, even if he doesn't win the race, I'm backing a, a confidence weekend here to kind of strike back. I think, I actually believe in signs more at Monaco than I do at Leclerc. Yeah. Yeah. Leclerc is the pace. He just doesn't have the consistency or the. Uh, what's the word here? The ability to not put it in a wall. <laughs> yeah, like I think this year for Leclerc is the same as what this was last year for Verstappen. The one to get yeah. over the hump, the the race where it had been problematic, but then you put together the weekend that you do, and then boom, gone. Yeah, the the Leclerc class has been lifted. So and I'm getting fed up of bloody saying that. Because <laughs> this, was this wasn't Verstappen's, one of Verstappen's best tracks heading into last year. No. There was always something he did. Yeah. Whether it was smash up his swimming pool or try and overtake Grosjean and put it in a wall or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, in 2016, the first race of Red Bull, he stuck it in a Massonet, I believe. Yeah. So, in obviously in mixed and wet conditions, obviously, with the, the track drying. on The yeah. track's still wet and yeah. on dry tyres. Mm. So I think Red Bull, for that reason, I think would be I think should be happy with anything second or above. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think they'd be good from that point of view. What about Mercedes then? What do we think? They're I think, I think they'll be easily fifth and sixth. Yeah, I think so. Actually, no. I take that back. I think one of them will be easily fifth or sixth. I'm going to say Bottas in that little nimble Alfa Romeo mm. is, is in the mix. I okay. forgot about that. 
just because of how little that wheelbase, that small wheelbase that Alfa Romeo have, I think that might play into their hands a little bit. Definitely the so. biggest test of the season for every car at low speed. We've these cars are quite clumsy. Like everyone cars are generally speaking clumsy at low speed, but in these cars in particular, even more clumsy. Yeah, this takes the biscuit this year with how clumsy they are. Mm-hmm. So fast. We're, I think we're going to see a lot of understeering to barrier situations in places like heck, like maybe even the egg, the egg, the Nouvelle Chicane. Uh, the last corner, like that's going to be. It's yeah, close Rascas. normally. Oh, that's going to be a nightmare. There's going to be a lot of safety cars, I'm I'm going to say. A hell of a lot. Yeah, drive error is going to be high here, I think. Yeah, right. Prediction, how many times will Latifi crash? I'll give him one. I'll just give him one. I'm going to say three. <laughs> Every session. At least one practice session in qualifying and in the race. I mean, you say this, but Schumacher, I think, crashed twice last year and Mazepin did not. That is true. But I believe in the goat to live up to my heart. Anything else you're looking down the grid? Any driver responses? Any teams you're looking to see bounce back? I guess I'm looking to see how backwards, how more backwards Aston Martin can go. I'm gonna, mm. I'm waiting for the combination of the Red Bull and Ferrari side pods to come out next, <laughs> and then them, them be the worst team on the grid. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. There, there isn't there isn't really much because Alfa Tauri is just not there yet. Yeah. Hasley sort of laying on all grades. Alpine are making good progress. There's, there's a lot of opportunities to be made at Monaco. It's make your own look, really, I think, yeah. at Monaco. Be the, the bravest come out with the points, I think. I want to see what happens in this kind of Alfa Romeo, McLaren, Alpine little squabble. Like the next step yeah. of this, I, you know, I'm not looking at drivers in particular. I just want to see the next step in terms of these teams coming together. Yes, but yeah, that's I don't I don't have a ton more thoughts on Marco than that. Like the science angle is the biggest one I want to see. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the angle that I'm going to be pl- playing for this weekend. Yeah, your science Leclerc look kind of thing. Mm. Archie predictions. What have you got? I'll go science on pole, and then I'll go science Leclerc, Max, Bottas, Perez. Okay. I, I also, I, I know I said I back a science comeback, and I do, but I think circumstances and such. I think Leclerc will end up winning this one with science second, and I'll say I'll say Perez in third. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, a little different. So that's that's where we lie. That's where the land lies on uh, on Monaco. Should be interesting. Fascinating to see how the, they get on. And uh, f- I mean, I'm not going to judge the 22 cars too much if nothing happens here. No, I don't blame them. It's, it's the fact that we're still going there with two meter wide cars. It's yeah, just... that's the issue. Is the the length and width of these cars, which is not new. So no, it's been there for years. Yeah, but I would take anything like anything you get as a as a as a bonus, really. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Any other thoughts mm. before we? Uh, I guess we're both going to be watching some Indy 500 on the day of recording this. I was, I was going to ask you for your predictions for the fastest driver and in, for qualifying for Indy and a name for a winner because Indy is isn't crazy as it is. Yeah. So I want a name. Uh So we can reflect. Okay. 
in no, it won't even be next week because it won't be on. We won't be that's right able to yeah. answer till for two weeks because we'll probably have recorded this before it actually takes place. No, uh, no, we won't. We will record this on a Monday. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, yes, <laughs> I think I also I'm just gonna see having what seen what I've seen so far. My limited knowledge. I was gonna say Pasha Award for both. He was up there on the Fast Friday or whatever it was, and. Yeah, I think, or sorry, even whatever it was, Fast Week, whatever, Fast Saturday, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say Pato for both. He was unlucky. He lost a podium at the last lap, I believe, last year, did Pato in this in this event. And cause I, think, I think to Alex Palou. Yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll back him this time around to, to complete it. Not, not, not because he's one of the quicker drivers in IndyCar. A lot of that kind of goes out the window for Indy 500 compared to like the season like you've got random you get random winners sometimes for that you don't do anything else for the rest of the IndyCar season at other tracks hashtag cash down others yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah I think uh, I think Pato will do it okay I, I'm gonna go and say Will Power didn't look great Power. in the running yesterday and on Saturday. He didn't, but it's it's a random name, and Indy is random, so I'm going. And to he's won a few times, to be fair. Yes, and he seemed okay. He seemed to be on a little bit of form previously in the other actual track events. So, hmm. yeah, fair. Anywho, that's uh, and we'll, look, we'll talk, we'll talk F two and F three, kind of, and the the two week break I think between Monaco and it's Canada after that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So we'll catch up then. I think we'll have a better view of the title possibly uh, in maybe not F. Well, F three is obviously not changing, but in F two we'll see. Ah, well, well, that goes weird for F two with the split qualifying thing. Eight. Yeah. A little silly, but I, I don't understand why if it rains in in one of them and it doesn't in the other. How's that fair? <laughs> I know. I don't know what they do in that situation. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up? No. No, I think I think that about covers us. Uh, action-packed Spanish Grand Prix, plenty to talk about, but that's going to do it for an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I've been Liverpool's number one fan. Hashtag Joe Corbett. Lol. <laughs> oh dear. And uh, we shall uh, friend of the friend of the show. And uh, we shall see you uh, next time. <laughs>